When I was writing a wedding speech for my sister a few years back, my dad gave me some great advice. He said, no one has ever turned to the person sitting next to them after a wedding speech and said, man, I wish that was longer. I've learned since then that the most important things should be kept short and focused. That's how they become memorable. Today, I'll try and do that. We're going to talk about something really important, competition. Competition isn't going to kill your startup. You've probably heard the saying, startups die from suicide, not homicide. A bit graphic, but the point is more or less true. But while mostly true, that saying is entirely unhelpful. Okay, a competitor isn't going to kill my startup. I am. Cool. So what do I do? Because it's still going to feel like a kick to the gut when you find competitors. And it's not the competitor that'll kill you. It's how you react to their existence that will. Today, we'll talk about what to do when you find a new competitor or when a competitor you know about starts to grow faster than you. All this also holds true for when you're exploring a startup idea and stumble on another company or a bunch of companies doing the same thing. What do you do? I've seen talented founders with differentiated ideas fold faster than Superman on laundry day when a competitor gets in their head simply because they didn't have a process for dealing with one. So stick this podcast in your back pocket after you listen to it. Not because it's the most insightful podcast ever recorded, but because if you start a startup, you will have these moments and this will help you think clearly and create a process for you to follow to deal with them. Competitors can pull you in weird directions. Recalibrating and reacting the right way will strengthen your company. Reacting the wrong way will leave you as the victim in Law & Order SVU Startup Edition. The idea to start a podcast is brought to you by Tacklebox. If you're working on a startup idea and have a full-time job, but you want to build your startup right so that someday you won't need that job, you've come to the right place. Or you're close to the right place. Head to gettacklebox.com. Our 27th cohort of Idea Stage founders starts March 31st. Our alums have built all sorts of amazing companies and have a collective enterprise value in the hundreds of millions. If you're interested in a self-paced accelerator, head to gettacklebox.com forward slash self-serve. And if you're interested in an extremely creative movie I watched last week that took a giant swing and could have gone very wrong but ended up going very right, I couldn't recommend Jojo Rabbit anymore. It was great. Back to the pod. Why does competition feel so personal? I had a conversation in a coffee shop a few years back with a really good founder, someone I'd known for years and someone who had built and sold a big successful company. They'd started their second one and were telling me about a competitor in the space that moved in quick, raised a bunch of funding from top investors and was getting tons of buzz. And then, mid-sentence, they broke down crying, sobbing their eyes out in the middle of La Cologne. I'd be shocked if I hadn't had this conversation with literally dozens of other founders before. Competition feels personal because it's an opportunity for that little voice inside of you, the one that told you to just be a consultant or a dentist or whatever, to jump out and say, see? I told you, you aren't good enough for this. Look at that company. That's what a real startup founder looks like. Who the hell are you? You're just splashing around in the kiddie pool pretending to be an entrepreneur. It's time for you to end this charade and go home. Maybe you can still get into dental school. Competition feels personal because startups are personal. You stake a lot on them. Your reputation, your livelihood, your time. Every conversation you have starts with someone asking you, how's the business? Someone telling you they're proud of you for going out on your own. Someone saying they could never do it. Competitors can stir up a visceral feeling of loss aversion. Because even though it's irrational, it feels like someone is trying to take the thing that is making you, you away. 
So the first step of competition is realizing what that feeling is. It's not that the competitor is better than you or that because they exist, you can't. It's not that at all. It's about our chemical makeup. We are programmed to feel loss aversion, programmed to scrape and claw for what we think is ours. Social experiments have shown we rather not lose $10 than find $25 and that's what you're feeling. Insecurity because someone's trying to take what you have. And insecurity because there was a little voice telling you from the start this was always going to happen. So embrace it. In a way, this is the good stuff. It means you're in the game. But now, don't let that feeling cause you to make a bunch of shitty decisions and pull yourself right out of it. Here are the steps to do that. All right, you're crying in a lot, Cologne. Get it out. Now, let's make sure we don't make an emotional decision about competitors. To do that, we'll need to do three things. First, we'll choose where we compete. Second, we'll 10X our messaging. And third, we'll build process around pursuing opportunities, not around plugging holes. We'll also need to tell you a story about dating apps, but we'll get to that. We'll start with most entrepreneurs' instinctive response after finding out about competitors. They look at everything the competitor does well, and they start figuring out how they can do those things well too. Again, blame human nature. This way of thinking also happens when we hire someone great. The first thing we do is put them on our biggest problem. How can they plug all the leaks in our ship? It's another manifestation of loss aversion, and it's a colossal waste of great talent. What you should do is put your best people on your biggest opportunities. Shoring up leaks has a low ceiling. Huge opportunities have asymmetric return. They can fundamentally shift your business. Startups in life are about that asymmetric upside. Instead of steadily plugging along, or more likely trying to chase a train you're never going to catch, how can you buy a ticket for an airplane? So your first instinct when you encounter a new or great or growing competitor needs to be relief. Freedom. You'll free yourself from the things they do well and the customers they serve better than you. Not doing that is chasing the train. Now, we need to choose where we want to compete and where we'll win. Where can you beat them? And not just beat them, really beat them. For who are we 10x better than they are? Or for who do we want to be 10x better than they are? Zoom in on a segment we can serve way better, that we understand way better, where we see opportunity that they don't. Competitors give you the gift of clarity and focus, but they also give you another gift, the gift of which. The majority of your potential customers will always choose to do nothing. They will not solve the problem you're trying to get them to solve. 95% of the market will get stuck on the question of should I, and they'll never even get to the question of which. So your competitor will give you the gift of getting more people to ask which. Humans are contextual decision makers. We hate decisions in a vacuum because it forces us to work and we're lazy. So if your competitor is doing a great job of marketing, they're moving more people into the which column, and that means they're more likely to seek out and find you while researching a solution. So not only is your competitor getting press not a bad thing for you, it's an opportunity to choose the battles you'll win. Your job is to make it obvious to the people who get to the which question that you're either incredibly right or incredibly wrong for them. A hell yes or a hell no. This will continue to serve you well because competition in any space tends to bring all companies to the same product. They'll look side to side and not forward and this is your chance to look different. We've made it to the dating app story. 
When I was building Find Your Lobster, we got our asses roundly and fully kicked by Tinder. Tinder came out after us and shifted a huge chunk of single people in their 20s from the should I use a dating app question to the which dating app should I use question. This was opportunity, but we reacted horribly to this, defensively. Instead of seeing it as a massive opportunity in the question our potential customers were asking and taking a differentiated stance, we tried to plug all the holes we saw in our product. Tinder did X, we didn't do X, so we had to figure out how to do X. But this just made it comically clear to anyone who got to that which question and saw us versus Tinder, you could choose Tinder or you could choose the other app that did everything Tinder did, but maybe like 40% as well. It was like a real estate agent showing two identical houses at identical prices and saying, one needs the kitchen remodeled and has no plumbing, and the other is ready to go today. It's not that most people will pick the one that's ready to go. Everyone will. 100% of people. No one's actually interested in restoring that other house. Eventually, we were forced to choose where we wanted to compete and tested out an app called Find Your Athlete. Our messaging was around ex-college athletes meeting each other. You'd still sign in with Facebook and see mutual friends, but we only focused on athletes. Now, when the which question came up, people who wanted to date ex-college athletes would choose us over Tinder 100% of the time. Our app was worse, it was clunkier, it was uglier, but it didn't matter that they did 99% of things better than us because the 1% of things we did mattered to the customers we chose. You should always choose where you compete. Competitors give the opportunity to get sharper and tighter on that. And that is bullet point two in disguise. Choosing where you compete only works if you 10x your messaging too. It was tempting to say Find Your Athlete was a dating app for, quote, active people, but that watered it down. Active wasn't a line in the sand. It wasn't really choosing because what the heck is active? Choose where you want to compete. Message unapologetically towards it, remembering that the only customers you'll ever get will be the hell yes crowd. There's no, eh, I guess I'll try it customers out there for you. Those don't exist. It's a hell yes or it's a no. The last bullet, building process around opportunities, this one's tough. Because again, when you look at competitors, all you're going to see is the things that they do that you don't. First, remember they've probably been working on stuff longer and you should never compare your beginning to someone's middle or end. Second, to avoid your natural instincts, you need to build out process. What I'd recommend is a bi-weekly or monthly check-in on differentiation and opportunity. Put it in your calendar and spend half the day on it. First, look at all of your outward messaging. Ensure it's speaking directly to someone. Ensure that every time the battle of which pops up, you win with the right customers. Second, audit the projects you're working on. Are they plugging holes or are they going after asymmetric upside? Plugging holes will, at best, get you even with competitors. Who needs that? Putting 25% of your time and your best employee's time on opportunity with massive upside is the absolute bare minimum. Competition brings out our insecurities. Remember, you can almost certainly win whatever customer you choose to pursue, no matter how big or strong or powerful the competitor. You can beat Apple head to head if you choose where you compete. And remember, your competitors are just people like you. Channel competition into better focus on customers and opportunities. And then that annoying voice in your head will shut the heck up. Well, probably not, but at least you'll have a differentiated company. 
This is the idea to start a podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. I'm driving back home from California to New York City over the next couple of days. So if anyone has startup questions or suggestions on lunch stops in Flagstaff or Oklahoma City or somewhere along Route 40, shoot me an email at brian at gettacklebox.com and have a great week.